0: Live from the Toolkit Depot Studio, sports day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight seat Kia Carnival, a
1: grand utility vehicle. Yes, yeah, so a very good afternoon, everyone. Hayes and Marto, thank you very much. Uh, they'll be back tomorrow, but they'll be back early tomorrow after about, I think it's uh, eight o'clock tomorrow morning. After the, uh, in fact, sorry, uh, we'll confirm with Jimmy. Actually, he produces it. We have not got all these time changes because the uh, Test match gets underway tomorrow. Anyway, uh, Drive by the way, and Sports Day, which is this program, will be airing between six and seven tomorrow and Thursday for the full recap of the uh, opening and second day of the Test between Australia and the West Indies, being played at Optus Stadium. Coming up on the program, we're going to speak to a guy. Who is a bit of a legend in Australian football? His name is Archie Thompson, and he uh, will talk to him about his career, but also the fact the World Cup. He's part of the SEN World Cup team and has been right across it, and we're getting towards the business end of the group stage so we'll speak to Archie Thompson in a little while you hear from Pat Cummings as well and of course the draft is underway the second round of the draft and beyond and a man that's right across it is Jimmy Williams and he's got the latest on what's transpiring with the draft Jimmy a very good afternoon to you
2: yeah great to be with you Pete thanks for inviting me in again yet the run home on Thursday will be 8 till 9 a.m and then on Friday 9 till 10 a.m after the Wildcats' hour. With Tim Gossage. So a few programming changes. Of course, Sports Day will be uh, 6 till 7 from tomorrow and Thursday after the first test here between Australia and the West Indies, which I'm very much looking forward to, Pete. But But uh, I agree with you. I'm nervous about the crowd figure, Pete.
1: Yeah, and we're going to hear from Pat Cummings a bit later on. But I agree with you. It just hasn't got the same spark Mm. in relation to a Test match in Perth. I remember when they used to start on Friday, Jimmy, and the final day, the fifth day's play, was on Tuesday. Everybody used to leave work, head down to the Wacker. It was a real party atmosphere. It was the big event during the course of summer. It just has got the same feel. It's amazing, really. I've got a a family member who's in Argentina, Mm -hmm. and they are watching the World Cup in Argentina. You know what they did the other day in Buenos Aires when they played Mexico? Every single shop shut its doors. Wow. Nobody worked. The whole city closed down (laughs) like it it was COVID. The whole city, and this is Buenos Aires, every member that works says, that's it, game's on, we're shutting our doors, and we're going to go and watch it. It was like a, a ghost town. Everybody was in the pubs, uh, in the plazas, and all that, watching Australia, Argentina. Now we're not we're not at that degree no. uh, when it comes to the Test match. But uh, in the 70s and 80s, when the West Indies were at the top of the tree, I tell you what, uh, a Friday Test match at the Wacker used to stop this town.
2: I used to love it, mate. I used to love getting the the lads from school together. We used to go and. Sit on the grass and watch Gilly do his thing, watch Warnie do his thing. Yeah, uh, I remember going with my brothers, with my dad. Um, and yeah, I, I can probably safely say that I don't reckon any of us apart from myself will probably be going to this one. And that's partly yeah, nah. because of the scheduling. All of those, you know, my dad and my brothers have got to work. And that's just a small sort of microcosm of the timing of it.
1: Yeah, and it's starting on a Wednesday. You know what? they should have played it? At Breckler Park, I reckon. They would have got a, a nice turnout there. Anyway, Jimmy, the AFL yeah. draft is underway. Uh, what's happened so far in the second round? Of course, we're going through the remainder of the rounds, and we've got the rookie draft tomorrow.
2: First round last night, done and dusted. The Eagles taking home Elijah Hewitt and Ruben Jinby. But today... Another eagle has landed at West Coast. It's big man Harry Barnett, 202 centimetres, 96 kilos, with pick 23, a ruckman from West Adelaide and the Goodwood Saints Footy Club. Here's what he had to say after landing at West Coast.
3: Yeah, no, I'm great. Yeah, I'm lost for words, really. This is... This is silly.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not silly. It's such an important moment in your life. Talk to us about the nerves overnight. So you would have been watching the draft last night and unfortunately not taken then, but having to wait until tonight. Was it an anxious night and day today?
3: Oh, 100%. Um, Yeah, no, yesterday I was more nervous, but uh, today I came in, you know... um, you know, just hoping that I'd hear my name. And yeah, so that was just unreal moment. So I really lost for words.
2: Uh, Harry, it's Mick Appleton here, mate. Congratulations. What an exciting time. And you don't have to hit too far, mate. SA to WA is not too far to travel, but <laughs> we heard the phone ring in the background. That's not somebody yeah. chasing a, a sign jumper or anything yet, mate.
3: Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, nah, the phone's having a crack, that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's, all, it's all happening. Uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a flight, but no worries, happy to move there.
1: Yeah, Harry, who have been the influencers in your career to date? You know, who's set you on this path to becoming an AFL player?
3: Uh, yeah, Dad always talks about his glory days in the under-14s. So, <laughs> he, he's talked about that a fair bit. But, yeah, no, I've watched Brodie Grundy, Tim English, Max Gorn, all those boys coming... Coming through as a young ruck. So yeah.
4: And what about the prospect of, of learning from Nick Natanui, one of the greats of our game?
3: Well, obviously, Nick Nat is just a massive role model. So to actually learn from him would be oh unreal. Second to none.
2: Harry Barnett there speaking on Fox Footy's coverage of the twenty twenty-two national draft. Two hundred and two centimetres, ninety-six kilos from the West Adelaide Footy Club in the Sandfall and the Goodwood Saints junior football club, I'm going to take it. So they needed a Ruckman, Pete, and they found one. Yes, Probably the best yeah. in the draft.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's a good acquisition, and we look forward to seeing him. It looks like he's got a, he's a bit of a character as well. got yeah. a bit of personality, Love so it. I think he's going to be a nice addition in more ways than one to the West Coast Eagles. What else has transpired, Jimmy, before you give us a full report towards the end of Sports Day of what's happened on, on AFL Draft Day 2?
2: The Eagles had another pick in that second round, Pete. Kobe Burgill, 183 centimetres, 80 kilograms, with pick 29 from the Gippsland Power in the NAB League and from the Gippsland League. So they've gone for a little bit of pace. Now it's been pretty well covered, hasn't it, that West Coast's list is aging. They do lack a little bit of leg speed. They went for Elijah Hewitt yesterday, uh, Ruben Jinbi, as we said before, and now they've gone for Kobe Burgill, who's uh, spoken about as being very clean with his hands and below his knees and has that pace that West Coast are definitely going to need over the coming seasons and just before I go Pete Fremantle have taken a pick as well in the second round Hugh Davies with pick 33 from the Claremont Footy Club and the Claremont Junior Footy Club uh, 196 centimeters and 90 kilos a great pick for the Dockers uh, you lose a guy like Griffin Logue you bring in another defender uh, Joel Hamling obviously toward the end of his career uh, Alex Pierce uh, has been so good for them in that role but um, and they've Got Heath Chapman, pardon me, who's been there for a couple of years, but another key player down back for them. The Dockers back on the clock uh, in a few moments. We'll bring you their picks a little later in the show.
1: Beautifully done, Jimmy. Thanks, at uh, Jimmy Williams across the AFL draft for Sports Day on this uh, Tuesday. Jimmy, in fact, will give us a, a full rundown just before the end of the program, including other West Australians that have been taken by the other clubs in the AFL. Coming up after the break, we'll speak to Archie Thompson. It's a big night of World Cup action tonight. There's a few nations that are already through to the last 16. They are France, Portugal and Brazil. And two nations have already been eliminated before. Before going into their final group match and we're talking about Qatar and Canada but there's a lot of other big nations that at the moment are just hanging in there and will need a result to go their way to progress to the last 16 of course one of those is Australia who play 11 o'clock tomorrow night our time against the Danes So Archie Thompson who by the way scored 13 goals in one game for the Socceroos, yes. He scored 13 goals in one game for the Socceroos. They were playing American Samoa many, many years ago in a qualifier. And, uh, of course, Australia was part of the Oceania group. And they beat uh, American Samoa by 31 goals to nil. And Archie scored 13. That was a few years ago. Now he's an expert. He's a commentator. He's part of the SEN World Cup team. And I'll talk to him next here on Sports Day.
0: Sports Day with Peter. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility
1: vehicle. Just like the Perth weather, where it reached 36.5 degrees today, things are really hotting up at the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. With, uh, as I mentioned, three nations already through the last 16 France, Portugal, and Brazil with their 1 0 win over Switzerland overnight. And there's only two nations at this stage that have been eliminated before playing their final group matches. And we're talking about the Canadians and the host nation, Qatar. So there's plenty swinging going into the final round of matches in the group stage and there could be some big name casualties so we'll have to wait and see. A man that's part of the SEN FIFA World Cup coverage played over 50 times for the Socceroos. As I mentioned, some 21 years ago he scored 13 goals in one uh, match for the Socceroos in a, in a qualifier against American Samoa. I know he's reminded of this quite regularly but it is a record that Archie Thompson is very unlikely to have to pass on. Archie, thanks for your time. Hey mate,
5: don't worry. I bring it up in conversations myself. <laughs> you don't need to, uh, you don't need to, uh, ask to speak about yourself, brother. I'll tell it. I'll say how it is. <laughs> uh, how you go with your
1: sleep patterns?
5: Oh, mate, it is all over the place. I swear to God, it's like I'm flying to Europe and and uh, trying to get used to the, the, the time. It's it's uh, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. But, you know, I think um, last night there was the four games on the SEN. I think that was the last time. Now it's just at a time where it's... um it's all early morning, so it's still, uh, <laughs> it's still great. It's worth it, though, mate. It's been some great oh, games.
1: Oh, it's terrific. No, it's terrific. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're feeling a bit jet-lagged every day because of the oh. uh, the different changes and you're getting home in the early hours of the morning. Saying that, we were treated to two great games last night because yourself and Jordan did in the first game, a six-goal thriller between Cameroon and Serbia, and myself and Richard mm-hmm. were very privileged to see what I think was probably Close to the game of the tournament so far, South Korea taking on Ghana. Two exceptional games, and it's now starting to open up, isn't it? Uh, because it's make or break for a lot of nations.
5: Well, 100%, and you can see that with uh, the way both teams um, are starting to aback, attack themselves. I mean, yeah, get on the attack. It's uh, There's no defending. It's like do or die. If we don't win this, we get knocked out. Um, that, that game... You know, I, I actually caught that match later on with the replay with Ghana and South Korea. Uh, but incredible match in the way the South Koreans came back. And then, you know, concede straight after they got their two goals back was would have been so disappointing, play, deflating for the team. But um, you know, the game that we we watched too amazing. Like Cameroon looked all out, like out at sea. Never looked like they were going to be paddling back. I tell you that. And then they. Uh, and they, um, you know, they get their, their goals and what a match it was. And they looked absolutely exhausted by the end of those games. And when you look at it, um, playing in that kind of heat, it's, uh, it's incredible, the, the intensity. And that's what World Cups are. It's like you, you work over four years so hard to try to get there. And then you don't want to go out so early. And that's where you see that desperation. It's amazing. We'll get to the Socceroos in a
1: moment. As I mentioned in the introduction, there's a few nations at the moment just hanging in there. The likes of Belgium, who have been very disappointing so far, mm. the number two ranked nation in the world. Uh, they could be out. They take on Croatia because you think Morocco would beat Canada. So Belgium are now could be the big, big uh, casualties when it comes to
5: this World Cup. Why
1: are they playing the way they're playing when you look at the cattle they've got?
5: Well, it's hard to say why. Um, look, obviously, they do say that it's the last uh, opportunity for Belgium because it's a golden generation for them. A lot of those players are getting older. Um, and, you know, Eden Hazard looks just um, a shadow of the player he used to be. He doesn't seem to have that much impact on games. Uh, and, so, and, and there's been a few sort of injuries that they... Haven't been able to, I, I guess, replace um, Lukaku's trying to trying to find some form and, and some fitness. So it, it, it's a hard one. But there's been so many upsets. It's it's such an unpredictable World Cup. Like you look at some of these results, it's it's been incredible. Like mm. um, some teams and countries you look, that you would have thought they were buried for all money, and for whatever reason, they've still got a lifeline. I mean, I look at Costa Rica. And I think how can they still have a chance after yes. you know, losing seven nil, and uh, and then upsetting I think it was, who was that player I'm like
1: Upset Japan.
5: Yes, and and there you go. Mm. And, and even Japan would have been thinking, oh yes, we're getting through the group stage here because we're up against Costa Rica, and yeah. they don't get the result. So it's. It's really just one of those um, little Cups that's so unpredictable. And, and uh, some of those heavyweights, um, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's a, it feels like a lottery out there. But Belgium have just been so disappointed. I don't know what's going on there. It just, yeah, they've it's been totally the most disappointing
1: nation. No question, mm. Archie. Interesting, uh, I mm. said at the top of the program, we've got a family member who's Buenos Aires series at the moment uh, with uh, mm. her husband. And she mentioned that they saw the Argentina-Mexico game the other night. And it's amazing. It's hard for people here in Australia to relate, but every Mm. shop owner shut their shop there was no business conducted for about the two and a half hours of the match. That is the pre-game, post-game, the match itself. The whole city, Buenos Aires, which is a bustling mm. metropolis, was literally mm. shut down. There was no one in the streets. Mm. All you could hear was just these pockets of cheering and yelling at piazzas and, and pubs and whatever around the city. Saying that, Argentina take on Poland in what is considered a big match. Now, if Argentina get through to the last 16 uh, after what was a hiccup in the first match when they lost to Saudi Arabia. Are they the real deal? Could they go deep into the tournament on the back of Lionel Messi, who's looking for the most elusive trophy he's never been able to secure, the World Cup?
5: Yeah, well, look, uh, they were, one again, pegged one of the favourites to go far in this competition. And they're almost a team that seems like it, it, it started a little slower. Um, but it, I feel like a lot of those big nations start slow; uh, have started slow. Um, in terms of where you think they're going to be in the World Cup. I mean, it was almost um, trying to get rid of their cobwebs in that first match. But uh, some of those nations that we think would go far didn't blow out any of those cobwebs. And now they're really fighting to try to stay in this competition. You look at uh, Argentina, for instance. That argentina Poland game is going to be incredible. Because, to be honest, you would have been thinking both teams would be all right Already through the group stage and just playing each other for a dead rubber but but it 's not it 's not the case and the, you know you talk about um, argentina that 's like another level of support there we We do get glimpses of it here in Australia. I tell you what Fed Square when the soccer play Thursday night here in Melbourne, forget it. That is going to be... How many would have time.
1: been in there, Archie?
5: How many... Uh, i would never oh, got
1: a, an idea of how many... I know Fed Square, I've been to Melbourne many, many times, mm. and uh, Fed Square is a great little place in the
5: heart of the CBD. But mm. realistically, it looked like there was thousands there. Oh, mate, it was ridiculous. Um, and I feel already signs are that that's going to be the same... Um, come Thursday morning, uh, I, I have no idea, like I said, it's only quite a small space, but they pack them in because they know uh, yeah. it gets jumping in there, but like, I, I mean, when you think of Argentina and the way they support their country and they love football, uh, yeah, they were in some serious mourning when they lost to Saudi Arabia, I'll <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, like, yeah, it, it, that, that's uh, a different level of support, but amazing to watch, and, That game, seriously, is probably
1: one of the games to watch. Yeah, no, and there's a couple of good games tonight. And there's a couple of good games Mm. tonight because Ecuador take on Senegal. Who goes through is a big uh, question. Uh, The Netherlands Mm. should take care of Qatar. Can I ask you about the Socceroos now? Now, Arnie has come out and branded social media shite and said it could have killed Australia's World Cup campaign. Now, the team is under strict Mm. orders to curtail their social media use in Qatar because Arnold is mm. fearful of its impact on the players' mental health. Uh, know that you've spoken mm. to a lot of players. It's best to drop your phones and not maybe view any social media because there are some keyboard warriors that would upset certainly uh, individuals if they decided to mm. have a look at what's being posted on social media. So Arnie's being very guarded when it comes
5: to his players mm. regarding that. Yeah, well, look, I think you need to be. Uh, there's, there's so, there was so much negativity, uh, not just on social ma- media. It was uh, on TV, um, the, the punditry, ex players, like. Um, and the fact was that they played against one of the world's best nations in, in France, and they won it four years ago with a young team, um, and that team's only going to get better from four years ago. And, and they, you can see the signs of that. And they're only, and they're missing five key players. And they still can feel an, another team that can be competitive against any other country. So, like, you could put that into context. So there would have been a few harsh supporters after that that would have been saying some pretty nasty things. When All you ever do when you put on an Australian jersey, or even in general life, is try to go out and do the best that you can in any walk, any... Um, profession. And that's all they tried to do. So uh, I I know that they would have copped a bit of flack from that social media. I mean, that's probably why I'm not seeing a lot of uh, posts from the guys winning against uh, Tunisia. Cause, mate, yes. If, I tell you what, if, if I won that game, every second I'd be pumping <laughs> <post. laughs> something. <laughs> so, look, now, obviously, uh, um, And that's a good thing. You want to kind of switch off from that and really um, build on that confidence from an amazing result against Tunisia. And they need to be switched on. They don't need any negativity when you think. That they've got to at least get a draw or win against Denmark and Denmark and those flashes They they'd be very very disappointed as a football nation if they don't qualify. Um, so it's it's going to be a big one, mate. But just got to um, have a bit of hope and faith. And uh, and I know that support from across Australia has got to be in, in, pretty incredible for the boys. Final question regarding that game against Denmark.
1: Mm -hmm. uh, 11 o'clock Western Standard Time, of course, 2 a.m. Thursday morning Australian Eastern Daylight Time, is that when you looked at France, they took Australia wide. I thought Tunisia tended to play very much on the corridor in the corridor, which suited Mm -hmm. Australia. Denmark's danger for the Socceroos maybe if they do try and stretch the Australians and maybe play out wide. Uh, how do you see it going and have Australia and the Socceroos got the armory to combat whatever style of play
5: Denmark deliver? Well, I hope so because I look at that Tunisian game. Um, I actually don't think Tunisia played well at all. You look at the way that, uh, Tunisia played against Denmark. It was like a, a Barcelona old the way that they moved that ball and were composed. That was a shadow of that side. Like, like it's almost... But they thought, OK, it's Australia, we're going to beat them. And they didn't turn up. And we, OK, we played well. We were disciplined. We started the game well. Um, but I don't think they were really tested. Against the Danish, they're going to have to start well and be disciplined the whole 90 minutes. You can't, like and it's finding that balance like I've said it's you've got to know when to attack but know when to, to defend because you don't want to get stretched against the Danish team because they they play some pretty amazing football they took a right to the French French in their last game so really I know that Grand Ar- Arnold will have the team that he thinks can do something um, and the way it's going to be set up but they've got to be disciplined in every single area of the game and, uh, and like I said find that balance and you can um, take a lot of, I guess, pride and um, off that first match, I mean, sort of the second match, and then try to do something about it. It's, uh, yeah. it's in their hands. That's all you want leading into the last game of any competition. You're not relying on anyone else. Yeah, the the fate of your World Cup lies with you. And uh, yeah, Exactly going out and do the best they can, mate. That's all we want from them. I'm not
1: going to ask you the obvious question because you'll say, of course they can. I was going to ask you the question, (laughs) can they do it? We both believe they can. We're keeping our fingers crossed. And let's hope they get through the last 16. Mate, I'll let you go ahead and have a bit of a nana nap before you head into (laughs) the SEN studios for coverage of uh, the big games tonight. And of course, you'll be covering Ecuador and Senegal. Enjoy that. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rob. I need it. Don't worry. I definitely need it. <laughs> Good on you, Archie. Thanks, mate. Archie Thompson joining right. us uh, to talk about the World Cup here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Two matches uh, tonight going head-to-head, uh, Ecuador against Senegal and the Netherlands against Qatar. And you can catch it on the SEN network around Australia and New Zealand. It's 27 past five. And after the break, we'll come back and wrap up everything else that's happening in sport. And also you'll hear from Pat Cummings, who spoke today ahead of the opening day of the very first Test match, being played at Optus Stadium tomorrow between Australia and the West Indies. Don't go away. This is Sports Day.
0: Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. For Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival. A grand utility vehicle.
5: Don't change me.
1: Don't change me. me. Yeah, it's great to have you company wherever you may be listening on. SEN Track 657. Uh, SEN Spirit 621 uh, in Bunbury in the southwest. Uh, SEN Goldfield 1611 on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel or SCNWA. On the SEN app, Peter Vlahos with you. Sports Day. Just reminder that Sports Day is on from six o'clock tomorrow and Thursday night after the first test between Australia. And the West Indies. And, of course, we're updating everything that's happening in sport thanks to Tire Power, where you can buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local tire Power dealer. And uh, speaking about updating sport, well, today, Australian uh, test skipper Pat Cummings has strongly quashed any suggestions from former coach Justin Langer that cowards leaked information to undermine him during his time in charge. Today, the Australian skipper, in really foreign territory in some ways, uh, spoke to the media ahead of the opening day of the test tomorrow. First ball will be bowled at 20 past 10. Here's Pat Cummings.
6: Uh, yeah it's been been interesting it's it's been really um you know rewarding um for the most part for for you know the last 12 months i think there's always a lot more conjecture on off field issues that I've, yeah probably maybe not surprise me but but certainly it's um you know it's it's kind of probably busier than i perhaps thought but um you know things like you know, our tour to Pakistan and Sri Lanka and winning the Ashes. It's, it's been really rewarding, um, you know, seeing this group of, of, of players and staff and, um, you know, I feel like we're such a tight group and doing really, really good things that um, it makes a lot of those issues insignificant.
7: Now, you've just come from a, a press conference over there in Perth and uh, I imagine you've got plenty more interviews to do uh, after this. So I imagine you are asked about your former coach, Justin Langer, more than once. Uh, yeah
6: got a couple
7: of questions yep and uh, he was on a podcast I think last week he was quoted as saying that he, you know he at least he planned to catch up uh, with yourself of course you're in Perth is is there any you know you've got a test match to play but is there any chance that happens uh, in the next week or so or are you just solely focused on cricket for the time being?
6: Uh, yeah, no, I look forward to seeing Jail. He'll be, you know, around the ground. So, yeah, we've chatted um, a few times and, um, yeah, it's a pretty busy week. But we'll uh, we'll see him on the sidelines and, yeah, look forward to catching up. The boys, um, yeah, haven't seen him for a little while. So we'll, we'll all be keen to go and check in.
7: And I'm, I'm interested, Perth is a very, it's a part of Australia, but it's a very, having played footy over there, it's a very, very parochial place is there any concern or even thought process about some hostility from the locals toward the the Australian cricket team because they, you know they're so so uh parochial and they look after their own or is it you, that sort of stuff just does doesn't bother you and is it even a conversation that needs to be had amongst the group
6: uh it, it hasn't really been a conversation for our group to be honest um yeah we're as I said you know feel like we're in a really good place so we we are yeah. Outside issues and outside noise, um, you know, I can handle. it really doesn't affect us. Um, yeah, we're used to some hostility really around the world. I think it'd be disappointing receiving it from you know one of our own uh, home grounds. But if it happens, yeah, it happens.
7: Yeah, I agree. It would be disappointing, but uh, the, uh, I'm just saying the West Australian locals are unlike uh, everyone else around the country. Now, you, Andrew McDonald, you've been in the job for a short period of time as captain. Andrew McDonald's been in for a short period of time as coach. What he sort of seems like he just goes under the radar, which is strange for the Australian cricket coach. But what's he brought to the group? What what, what sort of coach is he? Is he very methodical? Is he uh, is he a people person? What does he bring to the to the group?
6: I think both those, um, you know, aspects are, sum him up. He, he certainly likes to fly under the radar. Um, yeah, you know, he just goes about his business quietly. Um, but really good people manager. Um, yeah, it's not just the test side. We've got three formats. You're probably looking at twenty to thirty different players. that you've got to be across and he manages them all really really well um and in terms of planning you know he's, he's meticulous along with all the other staff and um you know as a captain that that helps me out so much
7: what what can we expect from steve smith this summer found it interesting to to hear him speak about the fact he's altered his technique and we know he's got a very unique technique that has worked incredibly well for him he's been one of the you know, he's been among the, the world's best bats for a, a long long time He's had a bit of a hip complaint uh, over the re, over the recent sort of days and, and weeks is a is he good to go and B what what can you sort of tell us what sort of insight can you give us into what he's been doing with his technique and, and potentially even changing it?
6: Yeah, uh, is good to go. Um, I'm sure he'll bat for about 30 hours today, um, <laughs> and he'll be right. Uh, I think, you know, switching between formats, it's hard, especially for batters, um, just trying to get the different you know, tempos right. You know, one day you might be trying to hit sixes, and the next you're trying to bat for six hours. So um, he's been working really, really hard, um, you know, chatting to him and, and seeing the ODIs as well. He's looks like he's, he's struck, struck on something that he's feeling really good with. Um, I think he's you know, had the best he's felt for six years, which I've seen a lot of him in the six years, and he's scored lots of runs, so that's uh, it's pretty daunting.
1: There you go. That's Pat Cummins, who did a media conference today but also spoke to Josh Jenkins on SEN, who's covering for Dwayne Russell on the uh, midday uh, program on senator 11:16 there in Melbourne. So, Pat Cummins uh, doesn't know what to expect from the crowd at Optus Stadium tomorrow, and the big $64,000 question is how many actually will turn up. Now, speaking to John Townsend last week, uh, he sort of gave us the inside news. At that stage, probably about a week today it might have been, or Wednesday last week I spoke to him. The ticket sales were in the hundreds, not even in the thousands. I'd be surprised there's more than maybe 5,000 there tomorrow at Optus Stadium, but again, I'm just throwing a, a dart at the board, so we'll have to wait and see. Five to 10,000, maybe? Maybe. Will they get 10? Who knows? But anyway, we'll have a full wrap of the opening day of the Test match between Australia and the West Indies tomorrow on Sports Day from 6. Interesting regarding the West Indies, Jimmy Williams and I did speak about the might of the Windies during the 70s and 80s. It was just phenomenal to watch them. Uh, You would have crossed the roads just to see Viv Richards in full flight. Uh, Certainly the bowling brigade led by Michael Holding and Andy Roberts and the late Malcolm Marshall. And it's amazing what happens when you don't concentrate on your sport. And, of course, it's all gone to the pack in the last, you know, 20 or so years in the West Indies and the Caribbean. As soon as um, pay TV came in and they beamed the NBA into the Caribbean, all the young kids decided they wanted to play basketball, and the NBA was gonna be where they wanted to be and not get the silky whites on and play test cricket. So once you take your eye off the radar, and that's what certainly happened, judging from what I've spoken to former test cricketers, it all just went away. It went down the, the slipstream, and uh, NBA was where basketball started to penetrate into the Caribbean islands, and uh, that's why the West Indies cricket so-called dominance has just faded away over the last two or three decades. Anyway, we're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to come back and wrap up uh, what's happened in the uh, second day of the AFL draft. Round two onwards, Jimmy gave us a bit of a snapshot on who the West Coast Eagles have picked. Uh, they had a couple of selections before we went to Archie Thompson, and the Dockers also had their first selection. A lot has transpired in the last half an hour, and Jimmy's going to wrap it up for us straight after the break here on Sports Day. <laughs>
0: Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle.
8: Don't change,
1: It's be interesting uh, talking about how many people are likely to go to Optus Stadium tomorrow to see the opening day of the test match between Australia and the West Indies. I'd like to get uh, maybe a reaction on the temper of bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. How many of the Sports Day listeners tuning in actually will be there tomorrow? If you are going... Uh Give us a message 0487 736 736 uh, if you are going and what you expect to see over... See if it goes five days, the five days of the test match, the opening test of the summer. Not forgetting uh, Perth Wildcats fans, Uh, they are away on Thursday in Brisbane, but you can get your tickets uh, for their next home game at RAC Arena. Get behind the Perth Wildcats uh, this season and head to tickertech.com.au now to pick those up. Just a reminder sports day is on from 6 o'clock tomorrow and Thursday night after the first test between Australia and the West Indies, and we'll wrap it up for you you uh, on the program uh, straight after the final ball is bowled tomorrow but in the meantime and the AFL draft will continue tomorrow because the rookie draft tomorrow but today it's round two and onwards in the AFL draft Jimmy Williams gave us an indication at the top of the program a couple of the uh, the young players that have been picked up by the west coast and a free also early in the five o'clock hour had their first selection let's recap those and find out what else has transpired in the last half an hour or so Jimmy
2: Good afternoon again, Pete. Great to be back with you. Fremantle, very busy tonight at the AFL draft uh, table. Of course, West Coast had some picks earlier. We'll circle back to those in a moment. But for those that were listening at the top of the show, Fremantle were about to have a couple of selections in a row. With pick 41, they took Tom Emmett from Sturt, 186 centimetres, 88 kilos, uh, out of the Adelaide Footy League. And then with pick 42, Pete, they had... Another pick, and they've gone for a big, tall uh, defender slash ruck. Max Noble, 206 centimetres, 91 kilos. I would suggest that he'd probably be a ruckman being that tall. Mm. From the Gippsland Power NAB League and the Mafra Football Netball Club. Pete.
1: Oh, Mafra. I'm just trying to think. Uh, there's a couple of good footballers actually that have come from Mafra. I don't know off the top of my head. There may be somebody that uh, might be able to help. Uh, 0487 736, 736 But Mafra, I think it's produced a couple of great Australian rules footballers over is the that years. Right? Anyway, that He might be one of the next generation to excel. Who knows? Good luck to him.
2: Yeah, Fremantle fans will be certainly hoping that is the case. I'm just having a quick look at where, about where the Mafra Football Netball Club is. Is and it is east of Melbourne out mm-hmm. towards Paynesville. Uh, yeah, so in the regional part of Victoria. So well done, yeah. Gippsland to, Football League, yeah. yeah well, it is. well done to Maxi Noble. Good luck as a Fremantle Docker, repeating Tom Emmett and Max Noble with picks 41 and 42. And Pete, you remember Alwyn Davy? Yeah. yeah, played 100 games for Very Essendon. Very exciting footballer. Between Very 2007 footballer. and 2013, and gee, he was quick. He was an absolute speed demon. Well, today his son uh, has ended up at the Essendon Footy Club under the father-son process in the draft. Hawthorne bid on him at pick 45. The Bombers coming in to match that bid. So another Alwyn Davy and Alwyn Davy Jr. going back to the Bombers. 180 centimetres, 76 kilos, from the Oakley Chargers and the Palmerston Magpies, Pete, who we tried to get on the show ahead of the Gary Ablett game uh, just a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, it was that commentator that we couldn't find. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> All I'm saying, they do an outstanding job and they've had a great heritage with Indigenous footballers have the Essendon Football Club, as we know. So we uh, look forward to seeing the next generation of Davy go around. Good luck to him.
2: And just repeating, Pete, that the Eagles, they had earlier picks today for rounds two and onwards of the 2022 draft. With pick 23, they took Harry Barnett, a ruckman from West Adelaide in the sandful, 202 centimetres, 96 kilos and they added some speed in Kobe Burgill from the Gippsland Power and the Gippsland NAB League 183 centimetres and 80 kilos and of course if you missed the news yesterday they took Elijah Hewitt and Reuben Jinby and Elijah uh, a short time ago was on the run home you can listen to the podcast back wherever you get your podcasts from here's what Elijah had to say after about finding out that West Coast were going to draft him
8: We've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks but uh you've been eluding us you went to Bali at one particular stage but what yeah, was your initial yeah. thought yesterday when you heard your name read out Look it was um it was just oh, it, it was hard it's really hard to explain it's it's a feeling I'll never forget I, I got the call from um before I'd um, heard my name called out and he said, mate, you're going to be an eagle. And, and my heart just, yeah, it really did sink. Um, I, I reckon I would have lost all colour in my face. My parents were kind of looking at me from both sides going, what's, what's going on? What's he saying? Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, kind of put the phone down and gave them the nod. And they just knew that, that this was going to be it. They kind of, like, erupted. But then they kept their cool because they knew that we're about to be on, on television. They wanted to, <laughs> to kind of go along, with it, go along with it. So, yeah, when I got my name called out on the big screen, it was, you know, I was just over the moon, like it's, it's incredible, um, it's, an, it's an incredible day for me really and, and for my family as well but I just feel so honoured to be able to um, you know, represent the, the club that my family has loved for so many years so let's just clear this up so Adam Simpson rang you before we saw that great vision so the vision that we saw of you and your family celebrating was that just all acting <laughs> on your behalf well, no it, it wasn't it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was literally only 20 seconds before so he uh, said he was like mate on 20 seconds you're going to have your name called out so I, that's kind of when I was like and he goes and he was like just don't do any media stuff so I literally put the phone down and then 10 seconds later they, um, yeah, they, they read my name out so it was kind of all in the moment so you, you captured. That was definitely reality, trust me. It would have been a great start to a relationship with Simo if
0: you'd quickly got off the phone and gone on Twitter saying, I'm about to get selected, I can confirm. It's about to happen. No, look, the, the video itself is brilliant. To be surrounded by your loved ones was amazing. Once the TV stopped rolling, then what happened? How was the rest of your evening?
8: All, you know, besides kind of getting over the shock, it was um, it was quite quite relaxing. I had um, some of the boys, bazo who's one of my old best mates, and um, Tom Brass came over and we kind um, of chatted a bit. They gave me the jersey and I chucked that on straight away, very eagerly. And um, then I headed over <laughs> to uh, my one of my best mates, who's called you guys would know him, Ed Allen, who's um, yep. son of Ben Allen. Um, he went to Scotch with me and, and he was you know fortunate enough to go pick 19 to, to Collingwood. So I headed over to his, um, some of my best mates, my family went as well and just kind of celebrated the night couple drinks it was it was really nice um to be around you know my best mates and some of my loved ones and yeah came home and thought i was going to have a really good sleep actually because you know i thought it was kind of just all gonna it was all going to plan and i woke up at 4am and i just couldn't get back to sleep i was (laughs) still kind of riding the high of the night
2: Elijah Hewitt there, Pete, after landing at West Coast yesterday with Pick 14, having a chat with Hayes and Marta earlier this afternoon. If you would like to download that, it's up on the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And earlier this morning, Ruben Ginby caught up with Tim Gossage and Hamish Brayshaw filling in for Scotty on Scotty and Goss.
6: Run us through the day, mate. I mean, I know you're over there in Melbourne at the moment. Um, and what, what's the whole build-up like being in the morning? You know, you're going to the Marvel Stadium and uh, and what was the lead-up and what was it like when your name was called at number nine?
4: Yeah, yeah, so we just flew, um, flew in Sunday, Arvo, just got in pretty late, so didn't do much, just, um, yeah, pretty much got in and got to bed, and then, yeah, in the morning, it was, yeah, it was felt like a, yeah, the longest day ever, just canned down the hours, and just had a bit of a look around Melbourne, checked out the TLA office, and then, yeah, we had to marvel at about, yeah, six o'clock this time, and, yeah, I was just... Waiting on the edge of my seat, waiting for my name to be called out for that, and for that to be the Eagles, I was super stoked. And yeah, couldn't be happier.
0: When we talk about being drafted, we saw that uh, Elijah Hewitt he received a phone call from Adam Simpson prior to it being announced to say we're going to take you and you're an Eagle. What was your gut feeling on going to the Eagles? Did you think once they their pick came up that your name was going to be read out? Were you that had they given you the indication they were going to take you?
4: Um, a little bit of indication. I was on the same flight as um yeah, Simo and some of the other Eagles guys so they had said a few things here and there. But um in terms of before the draft started, I wasn't too sure. There was a yeah, a few clubs that trekked it all the way from yeah, the East to Dunsley this week, which is um Geelong and Goldie. So um yeah, I had to see but when those picks um yeah, when I see through those ones, um my manager J D was pretty pretty certain and yeah, then when when Name finally got called out I was awesome. So.
2: Ruben Jinby there speaking with Tim Gossage and Hamish Brayshaw filling in for Scotty Cummings on Scotty and Goss, Pete. So the Eagles have a couple of really fine young men that they drafted yesterday. Elijah Hewitt with pick 14. Ruben Jinby with pick 9. Just repeating today, they picked Harry Barnett with pick 23. Kobe Burgill with pick 29. Fremantle getting involved with the AFL draft today. Also, Hugh Davies, pick 33 out of the Claremont Footy Club landing at the Dockers, a good replacement for Griffin Logue down back. It might take him a couple of years, of course, to find his best football. And recently, Fremantle with picks 41 and 42 have taken Tom Emmett from Sturt and Max Noble, a big ruckman from the Gippsland Power. Fremantle's next pick is 58. We're currently at 52 in the draft. And the Eagles' next pick is is at 64. In fact, Fremantle have two picks before the Eagles' next one. So 58 and 63, and then the Eagles have 64. Pete?
1: Good on you, Jimmy. Job well done. And, of course, it'll be a full wrap on the uh, SEN breakfast program tomorrow. Thanks for that, Jimmy. And just before I go, uh, just to let you know, if you're planning on – this is from Mark McGowan, the Premier. If you're planning on – tuning into the Soccer v Denmark game tomorrow night at 11. Remember you can catch it at your local pub or bar with so many FIFA World Cup games falling outside the usual trading hours. They've extended trading hours for more than 65 WA venues and McGowan says it'll allow more West Aussies to get out and watch a game as it happens while supporting local WA businesses. Uh, so if the is do well tomorrow night. I reckon uh, come the midnight hour, Perth will be pumping like it's ever been pumped before. I'll see you from 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. And this has been Sports Day here on SENWA. Have a great night, everyone.